0: Hey everyone, Matt Straub here welcoming you to the Roto-World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Very excited to say opening day is upon us and we are here to get you and your fake basketball teams ready for it. We're going to look ahead to the opening night games, we're going to talk through some lineup decisions and take an early look at the waiver wire. Joining me now, Mike Gallagher and Ryan Kanaus. Guys, what's going on?
1: Not much, man. NBA is finally here. Woo! Yeah, we're ready.
2: Two-game two Tuesday, followed up by Mike and I will be covering 11 games, huh. I believe, on Wednesday, so we're about to
0: get into it. Man, that that comes at you fast. That's a life comes at you fast situation. That eleven game
1: Wednesday, we will be up uh, probably till what five six in the morning. It feels like Ryan be a late yeah. Because
2: we'll, ha- we'll we'll have to hit probably you know seven players for each team, so it's going to be a busy one.
0: All right, well let's let's live in the now. Let's start light. Let's warm up with this two game Tuesday, as you said, Ryan. We're going to preview these games from a fantasy perspective, starting with Philly Boston, guys. I want to start with Ben Simmons. He obviously went really high in drafts, ADP of fifteen on Yahoo. He was around number 50 overall in nine category leagues last year, closer to 30th down the stretch. Now, given the limitations, and we know what those are in his numbers, Mike, do you think he has a path to top 15 value?
1: It's all strategy. Uh, If you draft him, and the only instance I could see myself drafting him is if I pick last in a round or second and last in a round or something like that, building him with Andre Drummond. Or even if you pick LeBron James on the way out and then on the way back, you can pair him with them, and then it's, you pretty much have to punt him for free throw if you're going to take him in the second round. Uh, and if you do take the impact of the punt, he was a number nine player last year if you take free throw percentage out of it. So, yeah, building that way, or even with pairing him with Giannis, some guys, who, those those two guys, uh, and then Drummond are really not valuable in that area. So I, I think he's going to be fine. Uh, he's going to be really good in points leagues. Just It all depends how you build your roster. Do not pair him with Harden. Do not pair him with Dane. <laughs> Don't pair him like, oh, maybe I could offset this. You can't. He was the second worst player for free throw percentage last year, hence the number 50 value. So uh, I'm pretty sure Ryan will agree with most of that. Anything you want to add?
2: Yeah, no. I mean, it's it's you you have to punt. I, I don't see paying for his ceiling as a, like a top 15 guy, for instance, because as Mike said, you are punting then. So it, it reduces your flexibility going forward to such an extent. I'm really not into it. I did take him in a recent draft that I was co-managing with Jared. And Simmons fell down to us at... So we we took Carl Anthony Towns, number four overall. He fell down to us at number 21. And we decided, hey, let, let's pivot to a punt free throw build. Towns is a very good free throw shooting big man, but it's not one of his primary... You know, it's not a Harden-esque sort of... You, you can't punt free throws if you take him. So we pivoted to that. Um, but he's... He's an unusual fixture on my teams. So he won't be on many of my crews. I
0: have, guys, I have to think there are a lot of people out there listening to this right now who are, are thinking to themselves, wait, I drafted Ben Simmons, but I did not punt free throws. So pretty clearly you guys are saying if you did that, you really should think long and hard about trading Simmons away, especially if you're in a head-to-head league, nine-category type situation or a roto league.
1: I really hope you didn't do it in a roto league. <laughs> uh, and we're all advocates. If you're in a roto league, punting's a bad strategy. We're all in agreement there, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't really care too much about addressing percentages. It's nice. I want guys who can get games and so on, and you know, maybe Ben will be a little bit better um, practice. That was really the focus. Him and Marco Fultz, their entire offseason was, hey, we want to get shots at the line, shots overall shooting. Uh, even Ben Simmons said this is the first time in my entire life I spent an offseason working on shooting because he didn't have to. He just would get whatever... At the rim shot he wanted. So I think he'll be not as bad, but he was terrible, so he know nowhere to go but up.
0: <laughs> and Mike, you just brought up one of the guys I want to talk about next, Markel Fultz. Obviously, he, he had some mm. flashes during preseason, but did he do enough to convince you guys he's going to be a useful fantasy option?
2: Not even close for me. I'll, I'll just jump in. I don't like it. They're going to be starting him in the first half of games. uh JJ Reddick's going to start the second half. Brett Brown's made very clear they want him to have the ball in their hands, they want to develop some chemistry with Ben Simmons but I don't see it. Ben Simmons still isn't shooting three-pointers. I think zero attempts in the preseason. Markel Fultz was very hesitant this preseason. He had one game where he was one of four. In the other three games combined, he was O of one from deep. So he's not comfortable with that shot. He barely got to the free throw line, probably because he doesn't want to go there. So he's being hesitant, attacking the rim. The chemistry between him and Simmons is obviously just a huge question mark, so this is kind of like a pilot program to see if they can (laughs) play along with each other. Um, Yeah, and his, I mean, effective field goal percentage was actually worse with Simmons off the court, but even with him last year, it was 40% effective field goal percentage. Very inefficient, doesn't hit threes. I I, I want nothing to do with it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'd probably take it a step further. I I don't get, and I I know Tommy Beer's our guy, and that's, we have probably like five or six guys we are vehemently against, this is one of them. I'm not touching Fultz. Uh, And just to plug my column coming out today, I'm doing kind of an Evan Silva matchups for NBA, I'm trying it out, Um, and I got a lot of stats here on Fultz. So, um, the big headline here is this whole Markel Fultz, Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, Rocco, and the homie Dario uh, with Fultz, that lineup wasn't used, period, last year. Uh, Markel Fultz played 253 minutes in the regular season, 23 in the playoffs. So pretty decent sampling. Again, not used at all. Fultz, as Ryan kind of hinted at this, Fultz played 51 minutes next to Ben Simmons. They had a minus 6.5 net rating. He scored all right. Like Again, the volume was kind of there, but he had nothing else. Uh, 1.4 boards, 2.8 dimes, and 0.7 steals per 36. He's not even getting the 36 minutes or even maybe even half that, uh, which I'll get to. And he wasn't good in the preseason, man. Uh, he came in as a, I think, 23rd uh, percentile scorer. Usually, you, you see guys that have high transition buckets, you think that they're going to be pretty good overall. 39% of his shots were in transition, and he's still that bad. Uh, last year, too, high volume transition. Still horrible. Uh, he was third percentile uh, as a, a transition player last year. Like, I just don't get it, man. Like, J.J. Reddick's going to be, quote, lighting the bottle from Brett Brown and... JJ Rick's going to close games. Uh, I don't know how they're at this stage in the game where they're going to feel comfortable putting Fultz in there. So I don't see how he gets to more than 20 minutes consistently over the next month and a half or so. So I'm completely off Fultz.
2: My final footnote on Fultz is that he had an assist to turnover ratio of 1 to 1 during the preseason.
0: Guys, the only even remotely optimistic slant I can offer is, you know, maybe there's some universe where in a deeper league he's offering you some some low level combo of points, assist, and maybe defensive stats. Because he, you know, he was blocking some shots in preseason. I remember one really impressive block. So maybe there's a blueprint to deep league value there. But that's about as optimistic as I can get.
1: He's going around 100, pretty much draft in, draft out. I think, from what I've seen, and that's way too high. Like I would just, I wouldn't draft him like 200. I don't know. I even, just...
2: in, yeah, even in points leagues, I'm avoiding him, but you're right. If he's going 100 in Roto, I, I, that makes no sense to me.
0: Well, guys, basketball season is here, and if you aren't necessarily thrilled with the teams that you drafted or if you just want to get into some more drafts, go to draft.com. Use the promo code RW and play for free. You can do snake drafts with anywhere from 2 to 12 players. On average, these things take less than 10 minutes to complete, so you can have a new team really quickly. Again, that's draft.com. Use the promo code RW. All right, guys, the last name I want to hit real quick on the Sixers is uh, one we're all very familiar with, Joel Embiid. And and the question here is, you know, he's another guy going super high in drafts, but do you see him as a guy who's likely to return first-round value? And I'm talking games played, too.
1: I think it's possible. Unlike um, Mr. Fultz, he looks great in the preseason, has an NBA-high 36 usage rate, Uh, his true shooting is just a shade under 60, plenty of post-ups, uh, he, he just looks awesome. His per 36 preseason stats, 34 points, 13 boards, 1.5 steals, 0. 0.7 blocks, 0. 0.7 trays. So, I mean, he, I think he's got a real good shot at it with 30 points. Uh, I think per game standpoint, I think saying he's going to be a top five player is not a stretch at all. Again, that's the thing. we got to worry about the, all the injuries. So, uh, I had a Twitter follower ask me if you taking take him a 10. I said no, uh, just because I would much rather have Dame, PG, or Depot, for instance. But if you trust the process uh, and you take him at 9, 10, 11, 12, I'm not going to really say that's a bad pick. I think the upside's definitely there for a position that could be hard to draft, especially if you're in an ESPN where they're not giving out position eligibility in Yahoo, could do like they do like candy or something. So <laughs> um, it's tough. I, I was in a uh, two center draft last night in ESPN and I was struggling late to get my two centers.
2: I mean, I, I fully think he could be first round, especially in 8-cat. Obviously, he ranked 6th in the league for turnovers last year at 3.7, so you got to take that into consideration in 9-cat, or if you're in a points league that heavily punishes turnovers. But he's one reason I'm I'm not afraid of being in the turn of snake drafts this year. If I can come away with some combination of Dame, Oladipo, PG, and or Embiid, two of those four, I'm sitting pretty. So I love him. Uh, I think, as, as Mike said, he could possibly flirt with 30 that's ambitious but he could easily get 25 and 10 two blocks uh hit a three per game probably three assists and the names of people who've done that no one's ever done it with the with the three-pointers but bigs throughout history have hit 25 10 and 2 are like david robinson Shaq, kareem hakeem uh ad's done it twice i think patrick ewing and bob mcadoo so if you're getting someone in that company i think you're doing pretty well at the turn
0: All right, looking at the Boston side of things, guys, Kyrie Irving, Gordon Hayward, both obviously coming back from pretty major injury issues. Ryan, who's the bigger season-long concern for you out of those two guys?
2: Uh, It's got to be Gordon Hayward because Kyrie's had, obviously, career-long injury issues. You look at his DMPs over the years. One reason I'm, I'm avoiding him. I know Mike's in the same boat. I'm not sure where you come down on this, Matt. But Hayward's coming off major surgery. He's already on a minute limit. Uh, Brad Stevens just said he's only going to be playing 25 to 30 minutes for the first few weeks, but who knows how long that'll last. Uh, Will he play him back-to-backs? That's kind of yet to be seen. Uh, He was a top 40 guy when he was in Utah, getting 34 minutes a game with unlimited usage. But with Boston, I don't know. They have plenty of depth. They're going to be cautious with him. So, yeah, Hayward Hayward worries me too much.
0: You know, it's funny. I, I actually probably less worried about Hayward in the long run than I am about Kyrie, just because Kyrie has had those knee situations that really do seem chronic. Hayward obviously had the gruesome injury, but, you know, we saw that with Paul George. He's fine. Hayward could kind of duplicate that and eventually be fine. Early season, I see the concerns. Long-term for this season, I'm actually not that worried about Hayward, although I didn't end up drafting either guy. Did you, Mike?
1: I refuse. Uh, I am very vocal about my hatred for Kyrie Irving, the fantasy value guy. Love him in real life, uh, although I do think the earth is round. Um, <laughs> which which Kyrie, <laughs> Kyrie has
2: conceded that Finally, personally. yeah.
1: <laughs> Stay woke, I guess. But, yeah, I mean, again, he's hurt all the time. He misses 19 games a season. He, he had the pre-draft concerns, you know, when he got drafted, of injury being injury-prone, and he's filled that. Uh, I just don't get it. Uh, I see people take him in the second round. I'm like, yo, how are you taking him over Kemba? How are you taking him over these guys? And, I mean, I get the upside. It's not like he's – he doesn't have Anthony Davis upside. Some people are like, oh, yeah, AD. No, AD was number one with a bullet. He, like, doubled everyone's value except for, like, three people in the second half. Kyrie was just 14th per game last year. So, if that's his ceiling, throwing in Gordon Hayward, throwing in another year of growth from Jason Tatum, like, I just don't see how he – you're going to be happy drafting him at, like, 25. Like, like I said, I wouldn't even take him at 48. Or, last pick in the fourth round, I still wouldn't take him. I just – probably one of my most emphatic I refuse to draft guys
0: and Mike you just led me to the next guy I want to talk about Jason Tatum he was top 60 right around top 69 category leagues last year he's going top 50-ish this year quiet preseason and I don't think we put too much into that but how high do you guys put his ceiling Ryan let's start with you
2: I think he's he's got to be top 40 ceiling this year I'm not super thrilled just because of the depth of the Celtics but I still see you know, he should be going inside the top 50. He's just got all the tools, you know, efficient scorer, hits threes, gets defensive stats. Uh, and he's still 20 years old, so we have no idea what he's going to be capable of. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, very much like young Kawhi, right? Not going to really wow you offensively, but he's going to do a little bit of everything. Just a great free throw shooter. I expect that to rise as well. Only went to the line 3.2 times. I think he'll get closer to 5 or 6. They talked about his post-up game growth. Uh, worked with Kobe Bryant in the offseason. Uh, and yeah, I mean, his efficiency went up even more post-break. He shot 48% post-break last year. So I just, I don't know. I mean, he's, he's awesome. It's just, again, the, the ceilings are concerned here. So maybe if, if Kyrie gets hurt or Hayward can't play or whatever it is, he's going to need something to kind of justify taking him the fourth. But I don't hate it. Again, I mean, this guy, to do as well as he did last year for a guy who wasn't supposed to be this good this soon, I'm kind of on board. I don't draft him. I'm drafting other guys. I've yet to take him in pretty much any draft I've done. But yeah, I'm definitely excited to see what he does. Uh, like I would take him over Kyrie. He's number one Celtic on my board, pretty much easily. Actually, that's uh, that's probably a hot take. I I would
0: say I was just thinking that's that's virgin on hot take territory, but I like it. Well, we, it's all
1: it's all tied in my Kyrie thing. If Kyrie plays 80 games this year, I'm gonna look terrible. But
0: uh, <laughs> hey, hot takes are fine here. We don't we don't frown on a hot yeah, take or two. No. Nah. <laughs> All right, guys, let's hit. Let's head over to the late game. OKC, Golden State. Obviously, the, the first name we got to quickly hit, Russell Westbrook. And, and let's, Damn. you know, the opener, whatever happens in the opener, any concerns about him long term this season coming off that knee surgery?
1: Yes, uh, this is forthright mm-hmm. knee surgery. Uh, this guy is, we talk about career arcs all the time. This guy needs his athleticism. He does not have a jump shot still. He's not going to have a jump shot still. Um, he makes his, and his free throw uh, percentage fell off big time last year. If You draft him in a nine cat last year. You regretted it. I guarantee it. Uh, um, he was not good. I, I had him in one league and I, i will never draft him again. Um, <laughs> unless it's a points league, but, um, yeah, I mean, you gotta be concerned. I mean, they're, they're going to have to manage him, right. To get it. They went into the off season thinking he was okay. And then it's almost like a panic. Like, Hey, he needs to get his knee scope here. Uh, I feel like that they're going to be cautious really at any opportunity and, I mean, if you want to be conspiracy theory-esque, I mean, maybe that's why they wanted Schroeder. Uh, I don't know. I, maybe. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, cause, I mean, that Schroeder pickup looks a lot better now.
0: Mike, you know what else we welcome other than hot takes? Conspiracy theories. Those are very okay. much welcome. So keep them coming. <laughs> right. Ryan, you stand away from Westbrook, too?
2: Uh, Yeah, not because of the Dennis Schroeder-related conspiracies, (laughs) but um, yeah, just uh, what Mike slipped in there was this is the fourth surgery on Westbrook's right knee. So this is a guy, he's only missed five games in the past three seasons. We've seen him be an absolute Iron Man before. Obviously, he's bounced back from three previous knee surgeries, plus PRP treatment last year, but the mileage is piling up. I mean, he plays a ton of minutes, a lot of games, uh, four knee surgeries heading into his age 30 season. I, I don't love it. So if if you're getting him, you know, if he's sliding into the mid late second round, sure, maybe that nope. makes sense. But <laughs> nope, not for me. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't take yeah, him in the first pick, third even. round. Just, well, it it depends too. I mean, obviously, points league versus an in, in eight cat, he's much better than nine cat. Yeah. So there's a bunch of, of factors there. But yeah,
1: points, points leagues, I would take him in the second round for sure. I yeah.
0: think nine category is really where where Westbrook becomes tough to tough to handle. And he does have stretches where he just goes off and, and erases the percentage issues and the turnovers, but right. he's not going to do it for the whole season. You know, he, he's had like a, a killer second half a couple of years ago and he'll have those stretches where, yeah, he's putting up top 10 value, but over the course of the season, he's not gonna, quite going to get there because of the percentages and turnovers. Quickly looking at the other guys on OKC, obviously, Paul George, Stephen Adams. Those are kind of the, the locked and loaded fantasy options. Do you guys see anyone else emerging as fantasy relevant outside the top three? Ryan, maybe like a Jeremy Grant, Schroeder, who we mentioned, New Noel. Anyone else? Preseason sensation Hamadou Jallo anyone?
2: Man, I am, I am off OKC. Uh, you got one of the highest usage players in the league in Westbrook. Paul George is set up for a great season. Steven Adams rock solid, but you said it. Outside of that, I'm not interested. Uh, I know some of the Road World Hoops crew has been into Jeremy Grant as a a shot blocker. I don't really like him. Uh, Schroeder. OKC is so thin that maybe he gets enough minutes and maybe he plays alongside Westbrook enough to have some value, but even as a sort of unfettered playing time situation with the Hawks, he still was barely top, I think maybe top 80. So I don't see the upside there. Um, Diallo has looked really good, but it's I, I need a little bit of bigger sample size to trust him. And Nerlens Noel, as long as Stephen Adams is healthy, I don't like it. Uh, Noel only needs twenty four minutes to hit value, but I'm not even sure he has a path to that. So
1: yeah, they're going to want to play small at times. We saw them play Grant at the center spot. Uh, I'm not touching really anybody. Like just to be clear, we are all pro Paul George hardcore. Thirty four usage rate without Melo. Thirty four usage rate without Westbrook. I think he ranks third in preseason usage rate, and that's with uh, Schroeder shooting a good amount of shots, too. So, Paul George is, is definitely a must, like you said. Him, Depot, uh, Embiid, and maybe Dame if he falls are like great targets if you pick in the back end. But um, I drafted Diallo in the 30-man, and I was pretty pumped about it. Uh, I am considering starting him with... Uh, Steven Adams is a little banged up, by the way. He's probably going to play, but keep an eye on that situation, which would make Noel worth a pickup. I'm not drafting him before, like, 120 or something. And then, yeah, I mean, keep an eye on DL. Again, hit that big game, 40 minutes. Um, again, Terrence first. Ferguson has a concussion protocol. I'm considering starting in the in 30, man. So maybe a super sneaky DFS play tomorrow, or today, excuse me.
0: I blew it because he was he was on in my queue in that same 30-man draft for a long time. And, and it was one of those situations where I started to doubt myself just because other people weren't drafting him. I don't know if your logic ever gets that <laughs> ridiculous where you're like, well, if no one else is drafting him, he must, you know, no one else is <laughs> buying it. So I'm not going to buy it. And uh, yeah, that makes me think I should have done it. Oh, well.
1: <laughs> are, you on, are you on? I mean, he looked really good. He looked great in Summer League, too. So I think he has a pass for minutes here. Um, They want – he has length. He's extremely bouncy. Cut pretty well on um, plays where he was away from the ball. Shot way better than we thought. We thought he had no jumper. But looked pretty good out there, man. So super deep league, like maybe 18, 20 teamer. Yeah. But, um, yeah, keep an eye on him.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um Yeah. now looking at the warriors guys, I don't know if you guys where you guys land on this, but I basically set up my ranking so that I wasn't going to end up with any warriors. I just I mean maybe maybe one of the sort of reserve guys or but but I wasn't trying to draft Curry, Draymond, Durant basically just because last year just provided the blueprint for me where they just don't care enough about the regular season to help our fantasy teams win a title. That's that's where I'm at. Are you guys buying that strategy, Ryan? Where are you at with that?
2: Uh yeah, I'm I'm fully on board. Uh, and Steph and Durant aren't really falling outside of the top eight, which makes them even less interesting to me. I get taking them there, the, the per-game production, but as you said, the risk of DMPs down the stretch, it might be a little bit exaggerated, but if you even miss one or two games in a critical uh, head-to-head situation, that's crippling from your number one pick. So, uh, different story in Roto. You know, if, if you've got an 82-game season position limits, you don't really have to worry so much about that late-season rest. So a different situation there, but in, in head-to-head, which is typically what I play, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not going anywhere near Stephen Durant. I've got DeMarcus Cousins. If he falls into the 120 range, I'll probably take him. I think the risk-reward is worth it there, but Dr- Draymond's already limping a little bit. Uh, he's got a little bit of a minute limit heading into the season. So, And Clay's value is tethered so much to three-pointers, which you can find in late rounds. Not a lot of guys I'm targeting.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm nowhere near anywhere close to where Draymond and Clay go. Um, when it comes to Steph and KD, I'm pretty much grabbing Jokic and Dame. So if there's like, okay, so for instance, Matt, uh, you and I have a draft coming up shortly. Yes, we I'm do. I'm picking ninth. You're picking sixth.
0: Oh, breaking news here! I didn't know I was picking sixth.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I just I just looked it up just now. So in this instance, and I've said this before, I think there's a pretty clear top nine uh, for guys that I want to take. That being out of order, Harden, AD, Cat, LeBron, KD, Dame, Jokic, and Curry, so if I'm picking nine, I'm taking one of those guys, and if it happens to be Curry at nine, sure, or if it happens to be KD at nine, sure, but again, they're they're pretty much eight and nine of that group, so yeah, I'm I'm down, it's just, they, and again, they have a great late schedule, they go five through four, so it's, uh, we don't count the last week, so it's still pretty good, They have their late schedule almost offsets the late rest, so I would have said they've been like, you know, 12, 15 or so, but With the late-season strong schedule, it kind of negates it just a smidge.
0: Yeah, yeah, I can see it. I mean, I I can see it more, I guess, for... Honestly, maybe Draymond is the one I feel like is the worst uh, risk-reward situation uh, out of all of them.
1: And I'll take... We have two IR spots in this league, too. So if Boogie's there at, like, 95 and I feel comfortable with my team starting, then I'll take him.
0: Okay, yeah, I was going to ask you guys about Boogie because he went 93rd in the aforementioned 30 deep league. Again, for me, you know, I just feel like I can get a valuable contributor right away there but you could convince me i can see why people would want to do that ryan are you going anywhere near boogie in your drafts
2: yeah if he falls outside of 100 i think i'm into it like i said around 120 has usually been my sweet spot for him a lot depends on whether or not you have an ir spot but yeah not aggressively attacking him i guess just because the warriors are going to play it safe damian jones has looked very good as a starting center they've got jordan bell so there's enough depth there that they could play it safe with him.
1: I should add two quick. I'm still in on Bell, and he goes late now because of this whole thing. I still think he's going to be sneaky.
0: You think he's going to get you know enough minutes to make an impact? You think he can get like 25 or so?
1: I don't think he's going to get 25. I don't think he needs to get 25, to be honest. Uh, I think he's going to be really good defensively per minute. I don't think that one and a half, one and a half is out of the question. Phil feel could be good from the field. Probably give you six, seven boards in that time. Maybe eight or nine points. That's going to be top 75 kind of value, so... Again, especially if they maybe when they start resting guys, you know, they're gonna rest guys, and even too that he has a late schedule that's really strong. So, twofold, he has a lot of games, and then a lot of those games, those guys are gonna sit. So, uh, Jordan Bell could really be a kind of difference maker in fantasy playoffs.
2: Has the slow start because Bell, you know, came in and I think the entire crew was high on him over the summer kind of cooled off? I have at least a little bit this preseason part of that due to how well Jones has played as starting center so does that doesn't give you pause at all
1: no not particularly Uh, I just think he fits what they want to do I think that even Draymond dealing with this minor knee thing that heightens the fact that they're going to rest him so uh, I think that there's a several paths for Jordan Bell to produce Uh, he's just a more talented player than Damian Jones is and he just gives so much with switchability and the things that the Warriors are known to do he just fits the warrior way quote-unquote um. So I still I'm not shying away too big time, and now I get them super cheap.
0: All right, guys, let's move on to some lineup decisions. A lot of us obviously play in weekly leagues primarily. Of course, we get some daily leagues in there. Mike, the draft you mentioned coming up tonight—that's a daily league. But it's a kind of a different week because every team in the league has two or three games. So a two-game week isn't devastating. Obviously, this week. With that said, and with kind of standard size leagues in mind, ten to twelve. Team leagues. I'm going to hit you guys with some names. You tell me whether they're a start this week. You ready? Pau Gasol, two games.
2: I'm starting him. I think with DeJunte injured, Derek White out, uh, a lot of offense going to be running through Pau. I'm in.
1: I am kind of in, but I have to be pretty thin to do it. Uh, like you said, he's going to be the bigs' benefit here. With Rudy Gay slightly dinged up, um, Rudy Gay's going to have to play the three, and DeMar is going to have to play the four. A lot more than, excuse me, the two more than we thought. So that's going to open up a lot of two big lineups with Aldridge, Gasol, and Yaka So I'm into it. Like, I think over those two games per game, he could be, like, top 100. But I'm not, like, plugging him in. So I don't know.
0: Sticking with the Spurs, Patty Mills, two games. Yay or nay? I'm going to say
2: nay. No thanks.
1: Yeah, just cap cap ceiling. Uh, I, it's not fun for me. I don't like the guys <laughs> who I know they're not going to produce top 50 values. So, which is the same reason Gasol. Like, I know Gasol's not going to be, like, I don't think he's gonna hang a big line, so it's kind of just like too boring.
0: Mike, we'll get we'll get into some intrigue for you on this list in a minute, Mike. Patty Mills <laughs> definitely was not for you. Yeah, uh, ja- no. <laughs> Jakob Purtle, two games in or out.
1: I'm kind of in. I'm more in on him than I am on Gasol. Uh, again, I think he's gonna benefit from guys being hurt. You gotta be pretty. I mean, I feel like you gotta have a better uh, option though, right?
2: Um, yeah, I'm yeah. I'm the opposite. Even all of these I, guys, I, I, I'd rather have Powell than Jakob.
1: Higher floor, yeah.
2: I'd rather wait to see how Pirtle's role develops. He was kind of slow this preseason, admitted that there's a learning curve, so I'll I'll wait on him.
0: Okay, moving on to some guys who you may be more likely to start with. Start with the the Grizzlies, who also play two games. Kyle Anderson, kind of a popular sleeper this year. Are you in week one?
2: I'm in, just because he, he hasn't done anything this preseason to make me... Uh, think that he'll immediately produce, but I think the upside is there. I do see him as being a mid-round guy this year, so I think he'll he'll figure it out sooner rather than later. So I'd, I'd plug him in.
1: I'm a little more out than I thought I was going to be, and that's just injury related. Uh, I don't feel comfortable starting a guy on a new team. may have not learned all he wanted to learn from the coach. that pretty much has mostly the same roster except for you know Jared Jackson Jr., who we'll talk about. But there's a lot that could go wrong here, uh, being on a new team and being hurt. So I'd be. I love Kyle Anderson. I drafted him in a lot of leagues, but. Uh, I am tempering my expectations week one.
0: Ryan, I think you just did some Jedi stuff there. Well, you said, you said I'm in because he didn't do anything to make me think he's going to produce this preseason. I, I'm, uh...
2: Not 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 because, despite. <laughs> oh, okay.
0: Okay, that works. That works. All right, now Jaron Jackson Jr., two games, in or out?
1: I'm more comfortable starting him now. We know that Michael Green's expected to play with a shoulder injury. But again, uh, a lot of things can go wrong with the injury. Michael Green wasn't exactly a fast healer either, so... He plays two positions as well, so uh, of all these names we've said, uh, I think Jaron Jackson would rank first on guys I want to start.
2: Yeah, I'll plug JJJ in there. He said his issues this preseason. Uh, I think in his the final game he started, scored 16 points on nine shot attempts, I think. Looked great. Didn't do anything else across the stat board, but... Um... Just the upside's too high. I want to see what he can do.
0: Okay, five more names to get to here. And a name I want you guys to tell me, and maybe maybe compare to Jaron Jackson Jr., Wendell Carter Jr., out of those two, again, two games for Carter Jr., who would you start?
2: Car- I- I'll go Carter Jr.
1: Fully agree. Uh, it sounds like he's going to start. Feels comfortable in that first-string first offense. They've said we've seen Jabari Parker pretty much complain. Robin Lopez just looks like he's wasting minutes out there. So I think Wendell Carter Jr. has a way higher full than JJJ does. Expect to yeah. score more as well. Uh, I'm big in on, on him. So, yeah, I would start him. I would start him. Again, of all these names we said, he's the number one that we mentioned.
0: All right, we're going to get some three-game guys in just a second. But one more two-game team, the Pelicans. And, you know, we've heard talk that the Pelicans are likely not going to do a lot of three big-man lineups with Julius Randle, Nikola Mirotic, and Brow. But, guys, I want to ask you about Mirotic and Randle. Maybe with that in mind, are you starting those guys with two games? Both no doubt starts for you. Mike?
1: Yeah, they're probably started compared to the guys we've been talking about, I think so. Both had some minor injury issues as well. Keep an eye on Miritich's little foot slash heel slash ankle thing. Um, and then Randall with a minor back thing off a of fall, which is not nearly as severe. So uh, I'd put Randall, of all the guys we've said, I'd probably put Randall one, Miritich two, Wendell Carter three, and then all the way on down.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm in, and uh, Randall's really kind of sold me this preseason. He looks great. I think the the Pelicans are empowering him to handle the ball a lot. He's going to play a lot of both big positions. So it remains to be seen what and whether Jalil Okafor can give the team. Uh, Check Diallo's in the mix, but that frontcourt isn't very deep. So I think both these guys are safe despite the minor injuries you, you mentioned. Uh, I'll, I'll play them both.
1: And they get extra added stealing uh, because no more Alexis Ajinsa who got traded today, guys. <laughs> That's Big news yeah, for I wasn't the scared of value. him anyway. That right.
0: is seismic, <laughs> seismic impact. Uh, <laughs> all right, a few three-game guys. Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, we didn't see him this preseason. Looks like he's going to be playing in the opener most likely, or at least he's headed that direction. Coming off the injuries, coming off the injury, I should say, would you start him blind?
1: Yeah, I don't know. Dan, I, I would pro- I'd have to be pretty comfortable. Uh, I feel like he's going to be restricted. He's been dealing with this thing since like August. So, I mean, it's. Yeah. I probably wouldn't do it. Miritich
0: or RHJ? Let me put it that way.
2: Miritich. Yeah, I play Miritich. Uh, RHJ is, as you said, three games mitigates the risk, but we still haven't seen him on the court since he got hurt playing in an exhibition in China. So, uh, I'd rather see him on the court for a while. All
0: right. Uh, two other guys with three games. We'll start with Alex Len. Strong preseason. He's knocking down corner threes. Dwayne Dedman is banged up. Are you buying in on Alex Len at least for the first week with three games?
1: I'll say yes. Uh, John Collins also heard, so usage, rebounding as well is available, running a lot of time with Trey Young, who's going to start as well. So I think Len is a, really almost a slam dunk start. Uh, risk, of course, with those weak ankles, but setting up really, really nice for him just with all that the lack of big depth. And I'm probably actually to add to that. I'm probably start. I may start Alex Poitras in the thirty man league this week too. I'm considering that.
2: Uh, for Alex Len, I'm just saying, get it while you can. This is yeah. a guy; he's got a wide open door with Deadman injured. He's been he's coming off a strong preseason. Uh, he looks set up for a real nice start to the season, but before those ankles give out, just get him in your lineups.
1: And I'll add one more thing: Lloyd Pierce is well known for his development with big men. Uh, Joel Embiid, obviously being the crown jewel of that. So I feel like Len could really take his game to a new level. Again, injury risk for sure, but uh, he really couldn't be in a better spot here.
0: All right, one big man who may or may not be in a good spot is Marvin Bagley, but he has three games. He was starting to come on during preseason. Is he a start for you guys?
2: I'm going to sit out on him. I haven't been completely sold that he'll give you more than just points and some boards. There's reason to think that there's a higher upside there overall fantasy, but no, a a rookie with a coach who's proven to be very mercurial with his rotations, uh, I'm going to pass.
1: Yeah, it depends. Maybe if you think you're going to lose and you want some ceiling, go for it. But we do not know what's up with this Kings rotation yet at all. So if you feel like you're going to start someone who's comfortable. And Bagley, pretty much if you count summer league and preseason, his good game percentage is like 10%. (laughs) He's had like two good games. in big First first Sacramento game was good, and then that last preseason game was good. Other than that, it's been bad. So um, yeah, I I can't do it. For a guy who's going to be counting on scoring, he hasn't been good enough. So it's super risky. All
0: right, fellas, we're going to take a quick early waiver wire look here. These are all players who are owned in 30% or less of Yahoo leagues. I'm going to rattle these names off. You guys rank your top three. You ready? Here are the names. Harry Giles, Seti Osman, Avery Bradley, Al Farouk Aminu, Shea Gildress-Alexander, Trey Burke, Trey Lyles, Jordan Clarkson, Willie Hernan Gomez. What are your top three out of that group? I can repeat them if needed.
2: Uh, I'll go first, and I think I'm going to take Shy Gilgis Alexander, just for sheer upside. He's looked really good this preseason. Uh, steals are there. Assists are there. I think the Clippers are going to do something to clear out that backcourt. Uh, I don't see Pat Beverly finishing the year in a Clippers uniform. Uh, Avery Bradley is still a huge injury risk. There's plenty of daylight for him. Um, Harry Giles I'll take. Just for sheer upside, I'm a little bit nervous about the quotes that they don't want to play him along with Marvin Bagley, but he's just looked too good to ignore. So out of the, out of this group, I think he's right up there. And again, I guess i got to go upside for the third pick, and I'll go Willie Hernan Gomez. I think uh, Cody Zeller's not a huge obstacle to minutes. I don't even expect Bismack Biambo to be in the rotation. So those, those are my three.
1: I'm in complete agreement, except for one little detail. Uh, I would put Harry Giles ahead of Shea, uh, again, you look at how uh, Harry Giles used during the preseason. He's up there with the studs. He's up there with the Anthony Davises. Not as high as Embiid, who led the league, but he is putting up star big usage rate numbers. His assists are kind of there. He had great steals numbers. They're going to play fast. They need people to handle the ball. I think guys are hurt with De'Aaron Fox being a little bit banged up. They just don't have any depth, and it may take a little bit. But it's week one. Your team should be healthy. You want upside on your bench, uh, so he fits the bill there. Uh, Shay Gilgis-Alexander, again, kind of the same thing, Ryan, at the points. He's basically like a younger, not quite as much upside as Terry Rozier. He's playing behind a guy who maybe he he – again, they played him uh, in a two-point guard starting lineup. So they're willing to play him as shooting guard, uh, much like Terry Rozier. Uh, Again, Pat Beverly can't stay healthy. They're going to want to play him later. He looked phenomenal in Vegas, just as good in the preseason, completely looks ready. He was supposed to be a raw guy, uh, much like Jason Tatum. Uh, he just looks like he's ready to go right away. He's going to probably carve out 22 minutes before we get to Halloween, really. Uh, he looks awesome. Um, and then, yeah, Willie Hernan Gomez. So we had this, we may be gun-shy for Willie because of one reason. We were in the spot last year. Like, oh, my God, great permanent upside. He's, <laughs> Boban, he's Boban's Spanish son. But uh, things are different. We saw clearly in the preseason he was a number three big man. It was clear as day by the rotation when they went kind of dress rehearsal. He was third. This time it's clear as day is number two. Cody Zeller is not going to play thirty minutes, uh, so I think worst case you're getting twenty minutes of Hernan Gomez. He should be with semi-low usage guys except for Malik Monk, and he could start. Uh, and his coach loves him. His coach and he he put in the work the off season, so big, 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 big upside. Uh, and again, I think he'll be in the rotation. So that's really all that matters.
0: All right, I'm going to, we're going to dig real deep here. Deep League owners are always looking for people to pick up. I'm going to throw a name at you guys. Tell me what you think. James Ennis, 2% owned in Yahoo. I drafted him in the 30 Deep League. I'm hoping he's going to produce. Mike, you're optimistic about him?
1: I am. Uh, we'll see how this Mellow thing works out. They're going to try to play P.J. Tucker at the center spot, and they're going to try to play Eric Gordon at the three spot at times. That's the concern. So if they don't play Eric Gordon at big minutes at the three, I think there could be an opportunity there. We saw Trevor Ariza really thrive as kind of the starting three. Obviously, when he hit shots, he does not have time. But he had great steals numbers in the preseason. Uh, Dan Tony wants him to shoot twice as many threes as he's taken earlier in his career. So basically, you know, Ariza, I wouldn't even call him Ariza Light. Like, what's, is there anything between light?
0: (laughs) There is no, no, there is no Ariza (laughs) Light. uh, That that beverage is not made.
1: He's basically like, um, you know, the Pepsi to Trevor Ariza's Coke, I guess. Okay. I'll I'll
2: call him the the RC Cola at best. (laughs) There you go. If (laughs) if, if we're going with this. Um, I don't see him. Hitting what Ariza did, he's he's a three and D. Yeah, no, I got you. But he's a three and D guy. I see him maybe hitting one and a half threes a game, uh, five boards. You know, he's not going to get any assists. He is actually not a great steals guy throughout his career. Per thirty six last year. Uh, he played 22 minutes a game, and per 36, he only averaged 1.05 steals. The the season before, it was 1.1. So, not a guy I'm really turning to for late round value. Maybe, yeah. I mean, in 30 D makes perfect sense. Just but, a um,
0: just a gratuitous slam on RC Cola there, Ryan. That is a treasured <laughs> beverage. That is a treasured, <laughs> beloved cola, a classic, iconic <laughs> cola. And you're just just dragging it through the dirt. Unreal.
2: Yeah unreal
0: <laughs> hey guys thanks for doing this this has been a lot of fun mike we'll look out for your matchups column everyone keep it tuned to the roto world player news page as we get ready for the season ryan anything you want to plug uh nope i'm
2: gonna have my uh, first numbers game of the season coming out on
0: wednesday i'm excited to uh read mike's matchups column this tuesday sweet and we'll be back with more episodes throughout the week all right guys thanks for doing it. we'll talk to you soon thanks
2: thanks Matt.